This is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who've been through absolute caca give you advice on how to get to the other side of yours. I am absolutely thrilled to be here today with Don Torres-Gale. Don, thank you for coming and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and um, I'm honored to be on your podcast. Um, you know, the, the fact that you are doing this and reaching women, you know, that um, need to hear this message is so awesome. Thank you so much, Don. And it's my pleasure too. Absolutely. So Don, I'd love to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, to let us know who you are, where you're from, and what keeps you busy, assuming you're busy during the day. Yeah. So um, I uh, live in um, Oregon, near Portland, and um, I originally started out my life in San Francisco. Um, and then I met my husband who was in the Coast Guard and we started moving around. So I'm actually a military spouse. Um, um, in 2014, he retired and we moved to Oregon, um, but I've lived in many states. And what I do for a living is I'm a personal financial counselor. So I help people with their goals about um, their money. So if they have specific financial goals, um, either by themselves or with their uh, significant other, um, I talk with them about it and then we create an action plan so they can actually achieve those goals. Um, I also um, have three beautiful daughters, one granddaughter and one grandchild soon to come in March. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, so, you know, my uh, my oldest is 27 and married, and, and she has one daughter, and like I said, one on the way, and then I have two teenagers at home, and yes, I still have my hair. <laughs> that, you know, uh, 17 and 14, and, um, you know, sometimes my husband says he's going to run for the hills. We have a dog that's a boy, so <laughs> that's the contribution to the male side, but anyway. <laughs> That's a lot of female hormones right there. It but, is, it is. And God forbid we all sync up and I, you know, I won't go into that. <laughs> you know, though, I think that's part of what makes a good man. It's true. Yeah. Of my, brother. He, my brother was raised with, with a lot of strong, older cousins mm -hmm. and me and strong women. And, and he's a really good guy. So, oh yeah, totally. My husband has learned what mansplaining is. <laughs> yes, he knows now that we've all had a chance to fill him in. So but yeah. I'm sure you keep him on his toes. Absolutely. That's so great. So Dawn, as you know, this podcast is by and for women who've gone through some tough stuff. Right. Would you please summarize what has happened in your personal life and what was the worst part? Sure. Well, you know, I started out um, already sort of at a disadvantage. If you want to look at it statistically, I was raised by a single parent. Um, someone who had mental health issues and wasn't really um, in a position to be a parent, but she did her best. Um, when I was in high school, my, um, my biological mother got cancer and um, decided that the best thing she could do is to put me in foster care. And so I actually graduated high school from foster care. Um, it was a very traumatic moment in my life to be in foster care. I had never you know, thought I would, that's how my life would go. So when I, I got out of, when I was getting ready to get out of foster care at that time in, in, and this was in San Francisco Bay Area, at that time, they didn't really have a transition program. Mm -hmm. And so you were kind of on your own and I didn't do well in school and, you know, I didn't really have a lot of job skills. So my thought at the time was to just get married. And I had a boyfriend since, you know, sophomore year of high school. 
and he had sort of stuck with me and you know we had um you know stayed together and so i thought well i'll just get married you know i'll just be a housewife you know i mean i didn't really have any any view of you know anything else for my life and so that's what i did and we had a daughter um, and it turned out that the person that I thought I knew um, in high school and, you know, put some quotations around that. I mean, in high school, you don't really know a lot. So, you know, uh, what I thought I knew was, was kind of tempered by the fact that I wasn't exactly, you know, super mature and super experienced either. But yeah. um, so my husband turned out to be a very violent individual mm -hmm. and um, very controlling. Um, you know, there was just a, a, a heap of... Um, problems in our marriage because you know i was always i was the classic domestic violence victim in the sense i was always sort of tiptoeing around him um you know always thinking that you know when's the next shoe gonna drop and um i did not have family support i didn't have friends that that they were that were there to support me yeah. um at the time i just you know it was just me and one day um things got really out of hand and I had to make a decision, you know, do I want my life to go this way? I have a daughter that's in the next room. She's asleep in her crib. You know, what is life going to be like for her if I don't do something? Because nobody's going to come save me. Yeah. You know, that was kind of my, I, I have this phrase that I use. It's called balls to the wall. <laughs> I hope that nobody, uh, you know, is offended. But um, it really was. It was a balls to the wall moment where I said, either I do something or I accept this. Because there yeah. really wasn't any other choice. It, it was, you know, kind of a live or die moment. And I chose that I wasn't going to accept this anymore. And um, uh, my husband was arrested because the night that this happened, that I made this decision, he had raped me. He had raped me and tried to strangle me to, to death. And with a, well, smother, I should say, with a pillow. And you know, the, the details itself are not the important part. The important part is that I um, realized at that moment there was just no going back. You know, I, I couldn't, even though I had no money of my own, no, no job skills, no friends or family to help, I knew that I had to do something better for my daughter. You know, I had to sort of make that jump, make that leap and, um, and so I did, and it really did change my life because um, the state of California arrested him, charged him, and he was ultimately convicted. And and there, I had no people backing me up. It was just the state looking at this and going, you know, this isn't acceptable, which is amazing because this was the early 90s. And most states in the early 90s did not have marital rape laws. Mm -hmm. So if I had not been in California, it, it might have, nothing might have happened because, um, at that time, you know, marital um, relations were considered, you know, the you know, possible or, or, you know, the, the sort of a private thing between the, the couple. And um, there wasn't anything criminal about what went on. And, you know, luckily in California, they did have something. And, um, you know, I had to start my life over by myself. Um, you know, it was pretty traumatic. I can remember... Um, leaving the police station alone, you know, after all this, because nobody was coming, yeah. you know, and, um, but, you know, it is, it, 
it taught me that I absolutely, it was the first time that I'd ever done anything truly by myself. I mean, I had literally gone from my mother's house to foster care to being married. I had never stood on my own two feet ever. And that night was the night that I did. And, and it taught me that I can. And after that, there was no, there was, it, I'm not going to say I was never afraid to do things afterwards, but I still did them because I had done that first step. And the first step is the biggest hurdle for so many people. I, I know that I don't work with women that have um, domestic violence histories, but, you know, from the few that I've, I've met, you know, the biggest step is, is the first one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I very much believe that that is true. And there are so many things I can say right now, but the number one thing that I want to say is good for you. Thank good you. For you. Back, going back to that moment and thank you and to express gratitude to you for sharing what you went through because I have no doubt that there are women who are going to listen to this who can relate to what you went through. And even though there are a lot of women who go through something similar, it is, inevitably isolating i imagine when you're going through it so right because you know the idea there's a there's a whole bunch of things that go through your mind number one of course is the practical you know how am i going to survive without this person but the other part is the shame i mean shame can hold you back just as much as the logistical you know the, oh, the of course the you know i don't want to admit that I've allowed myself to be treated this way. I don't want to admit that my relationship isn't the way it seems on the surface, you know. Um, there's also, of course, you know, I don't want to hurt my children, you know. But in, in my case, I didn't have anything left to lose. I had gotten to the rock bottom. I mean, you know, when it's not like, you know, my family was pressuring me to stay or my friends, you know, I had nothing. And you have to understand back then there was no internet, no cell phones, you know, it was just me. And, and so if I hadn't chosen to do something, I, I think, you know, ultimately I probably wouldn't be here talking to you. I mean, it had gotten that bad. And I thought, you know, I don't want my daughter to be raised without me. And no. it's not being over dramatic. We see all the time that there are women who, do stay and then it doesn't end up well. So um, I have no doubt that, it, you know, I probably would have gotten much worse if I hadn't made that decision. And I was only 20 at the time, but some part of me believed that there could be something better. I didn't know what, I'd never experienced better. You know, I'd grown up in a very dysfunctional home and and had only seen the negative, but I I had this this daughter and I thought, you know, I cannot morally put her in a position where she has to now see what I'm seeing. You know, if there's any hope at all to, to give her a different life, I'm going to do it. And that was, that was my sole motivation. Yep. Yeah. That's a mama bear moment. And yeah. speaking of mama bear, I mean, it, it really does take a warrior to make that kind of decision, to be in that kind of controlling relationship dynamic. Um, it takes a real warrior to do what you did. And that's an understatement. And, and here you are now, Dawn, what I would love to know is that you are, you are years on the other side of that. Um, what is the best thing about being where you are now, about being on the other side? Um, the best thing is that I can look back and say that I did as much as I could do, both for myself and to contribute to society. You know, I've never um, taken for granted that I got out. And when I did get out, 
interestingly enough, all of a sudden there were people around to help me, but I had had to do the, the step first. And it could have been that the people that weren't there was because they saw and they didn't think they could help me. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens a lot um, where, you know, someone's in a tough situation and their friends are like, I've done all I can. So, you know, once I made that first step, it was as if the universe opened up and all of a sudden, you know, people were there to help me. And I've never forgotten the early assistance that I got, um, you know, when I was first very vulnerable coming out of that relationship. And so I have over the, the decades tried to give back over and over and over again to make sure that, you know, I compensate, you know, the universe, if you want to call it that, for all the kindnesses that it has shown me. Yeah. And yeah. I will continue to do that as long as I live. Yeah, that is that is fantastic. That is incredibly meaningful. Don, who are some other women who perhaps were inspirational to you along your journey, who've gone through something really rough and come out on the other side, who you think would be good guests on this podcast? Hmm. Um, I I would have to think about that. You know, there's there's um, and I'd have to take that offline, but but you know, there are you know, I can think of one woman and, you know, I, I don't know if I'd be able to reach her, but I happened to meet her years ago when I was working for the National Park Service. Her name is Melba Beals, and she was one of the Little Rock Seven, mm-hmm. or Little Rock Nine, I'm sorry, Little Rock Nine. Mm-hmm. And I actually had the chance to meet her personally. Um, I was putting a presentation together, and I got to learn her story personally. I had to drive her somewhere. And you want to talk about somebody who has never given up on herself. Um, she had to be shuttled out of Arkansas to Northern California to, to keep herself safe, you know, and start her life over without her parents as a high school student. So you want to talk if, if, you know, she still lives in the Bay area, but, um, she is a, an amazing, amazing person. But as far as just us regular folk, I'd have to think about that off. off We'll take your time. No problem. So we've come to uh, we've come to the real nugget here, which is Dawn. What is a piece of advice that you would give to women who are listening to this right now, who are going through a desperate and critical situation on how to get to that other side? So what I would say is this: Okay, if you're if you're listening to me, and you're thinking, you know, well, she she did it, but I can't do it. You absolutely have everything you need inside of you to move forward. You cannot be held prisoner by fear. Okay, fear is not real. Fear is just, you know, something that, you know, is is in your head. And I would tell you to just try to imagine your life on the other side like I did and just jump, jump and jump far. And, you know, that is um, the best thing you can do because you can't get, if you allow yourself to get caught up in the what ifs, you'll be frozen. You just got to take that leap. You know what, my favorite thing that you said was the part where you said jump far. <laughs> Not just jump, but jump yeah. far. You know, yeah. I, remember being, I remember being in choir rehearsal as a kid and my teacher saying, if you're gonna mess up, mess up loud. If you're gonna mess up, mess up big. If you're gonna yeah. take a move, if you're gonna boldly make a move, if you're gonna boldly jump, jump far. Like, yeah. make it happen, get, away, go for it, get help, call the police. Like when you are in that kind of a dire situation where you have a baby to protect, yep. jump far. I love that. And my last question for you, Dawn, is since we're all about being epic, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? So 
So I was thinking about that. Um, I think I would love to be able to um, travel through space. And what I mean by that is not into space, but like be able to get to different locations, you know, instantly so that I could, you know, help as, as many people as, as I um, would be able to, you know, especially with uh, the work I do in personal finance, you know, uh, people are always saying, well, do you have remote you know, services, and I do, but it, wouldn't it be great if I could just be, you know, everywhere and help everybody, you know, in person, so, yeah. uh, but, but no, I just, I, I'm just thrilled that I could be on this podcast, and really, you know, I, I just hope that, that women are listening, that they understand that there is a life beyond what you're living right now, it is absolutely possible, and you, you know, you just have to allow yourself to envision it, and, and you have to make that step. Don't let anyone else tell you, you you can't. You have to do it and you can do it and you're worth it. That's the other thing that, you know, doesn't, people in domestic violence situations don't get told enough is that they're worth it. They're, they're usually told they're worthless. Yeah. I was, but yeah. you are absolutely worth it. Your life is worth it. Absolutely, yep. Dawn, thank you so much for being my guest today. You thank mentioned you. that you have a personal finance business. Where can we find you online? So the business is ourmoneygoals.net. So all one word, O-U-R, moneygoals.net. All right, ourmoneygoals.net. I am so glad to have had you on the podcast. This is Nikki Bruno with Don Torres-Gale on the Epic Comeback Podcast. For more ideas about how to stage an epic comeback in your life after a life-shattering experience, please go to theepiccomeback.com.